0: If you will turn me, please, in the Word of God into uh, Numbers chapter 13. I'd like to begin reading, if I may, this morning at verse number 17. And Moses went, (coughs) sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Get you up this way southward and go into the mountain. And see the land, what it is, and the people that dwelleth therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many. And And what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, in what cities they be that dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds, and what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether it be wood therein or not, and be ye of good courage, and bring of the fruit of the land. Now this was the time of first ripe grapes. And so they went up and searched the land from the wilderness of Zin to Rohab, as men uh, came to Hamath. And they ascended by the south and came to Hebron, and to Ahishman, uh, sheshea and Talmeah, the children of Anak were. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. And they came into the brook of Eschiel and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes. And they it between two upon a staff and they brought of the pomegranates and of the figs. The place was called the brook Eschiel because of the cluster of grapes which the children of Israel cut down from thence. And they returned from searching of the land after forty days. And when they went and came to Moses and Aaron, and to all the congregation, the children of Israel, and to the wilderness of Haram, to Kadesh, they brought back word unto them, and to all the congregation, showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came unto the land with uh, whither thou sent us, and surely it flows with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great, and moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amakites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said we be not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we and they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel saying the land through which we've gone to search it is a land that eateth up with inhabitants thereof and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which came, which come of the giants, and were in, in their own sight as grasshoppers, and so were we in their sight. Then, if you look with me, please, into Deuteronomy, uh, chapter thirty-two. Let me just read verses thirteen and fourteen, if I may. He made him ride on the high places of the earth, that he might eat the increase of the fields, and he made him to suck honey out of the rock and out of the flinty stone butter and kine, milk of sheep with fat of lambs, and rams of the breed of Basham, and goats with a fat of kidneys of wheat, and thou didst drink the pure blood of the grape." Did you notice how many times in both books the word grape was mentioned? I want to talk for a few moments this morning about sweet grapes in a bitter land. Moses gave a word to the people and observe to do, Observe to do was the word that Moses gave to the people. Moses wanted the people to be not just hearers of the word of God, but he wanted them to be doers of the word of God. You see, everything that these people were received from God depended upon their obedience to him. If they were going to possess the promised land, they need to be obedient. If they were going to find victory over enemies, they needed to be obedient. If they wanted to have fulfilled life, they must be obedient uh, to the Word and the command of God. In the book of Deuteronomy, you find the inflexibility of the law. By that I mean this, uh, thou shalt and thou shalt not are mentioned again and again and again in that book. Again blessings to those who obey and a curse upon those uh, who disobey the Word of God. now, Deuteronomy means the second law uh, Deuteronomy a book of remembrance which means the second law which means that the law was repeated to the nation of Israel when you look in the book of Exodus God gave the law to Moses to give to the people and yet when they now are on the border of entering into Canaan land uh, once again Moses reminded them of the law that God had given them back in the book of Exodus why because he said these are the precepts and the laws that God wants you to obey here but he also wants you to obey these laws uh, when you get into the Canaan land uh, itself. Again, uh, they wanted to have to obey the law. Now note what it said here again uh, in the book of Numbers. And thou didst drink the pure blood of the grape. We know that the grape itself is the first plant in biblical history known to be cultivated. The history of the grape has somewhat been lost, at least to me, Uh, but yet we do know that grapes at one time, the vine would run across the ground, Uh, then it would grow over walls and and on supports, and then it was finally trained uh, to grow on a trellis. But after that, it was learned to be cultivated, uh, that it could be placed in a vineyard. We know that the grape was the sign of fruitfulness. Please remember that. The grape was always a sign of fruitfulness. And when the grape was harvested it was a joyous festivity uh, that was shared by all the people of that particular time. Now the book of Deuteronomy opens up uh, with the nation of Israel uh, standing on the border of Canaan land. Uh, it's amazing to me, but what should have been 11 to a 13-day journey took them 40 years to get to. Uh, we, we often think, man, do we cover the same ground again and again and again in our life? And yes, we do. But before we condemn the children of Israel too much, perhaps we need to look at our own life. Uh, how many times have I covered the same ground again and again and again and again? The promised land was that. God made them a promise that that land was theirs. They should have been in it in 11 to 13 days, why then did it take them 40 years to possess the promise that God had given unto them? One of the reasons is because of their unbelief. One of the reasons was because of disobedience uh, to the Word of God itself. And yet, friend, if we're not careful, we allow disobedience and we will allow unbelief to keep us away and keep us out of the promises uh, that God has for us. Uh, Too many times we today are like the nation of Israel then. We are slow uh, in in, in what we're Doing and uh, lining up uh, with the Word of God itself. God wanted to take them into a land of plenty. He wanted to take them into a land of rest. He wanted to take them to a land of security. He wanted to take them to a land that He had prepared uh, just specifically uh, for them and for them alone. Uh, he made them a place of shelter and a place of defense. And yet, uh, we want to know that God also has a beautiful place uh, for the child of God today. Uh, let me tell you, God told the nation of Israel. He picked out 12 men. He said, "Ah, Moses, I want you to go down, and I want you to spy out the land and let us know what's going on. They went in, first of all, entered in through uh, the Negev Desert. Uh, They went all the way up through the Judean hills. They finally went up into Hebron itself. And wherever they went, they spent 40 days uh, spying out the land that God said, this is yours. I want you to have it. I want you to possess it. And yet, as they entered into that place uh, for 40 days, they went down by the brook of Eskiel. And the Bible said it was the time of first ripe grapes. I think that's significant. Why? God did not allow them to spy out the land uh, in the winter time or when the fruit was not bountiful. He sent them in the land when all the fruit was bountiful. Uh, when the crops were popping. Uh, when, when the grapes were great. And, and the Bible said that the grape, one cluster of grapes was so big, they didn't get them at Publix. They didn't get them at Aldi's. They didn't find these at Walmart. Uh, this one cluster of grapes was so big, they had to put one cluster of grapes on a staff and two men had to carry that one cluster of grapes as they carried it over uh, back to where they had their camp. And yet the whole time they were doing that, no doubt Joshua and Caleb would go, man, this is a wonderful place. Wow, we can't wait to get here. But notice what happened, if you will. When the spies returned, they said there are giants in the land. There are high-walled cities in the land. There's more of them than there are of us. They are giants. They're big men with long necks. And we are just grasshoppers in our sight. And they looked at us and thought we were a bunch of grasshoppers. And they looked like, you know, we can't do what God said is rightfully. The ours. And because of their unbelief and because of their rebellion again, they were almost about ready not to enter in into uh, the land that God said that they were supposed to have. But yet it was Joshua who stilled the people and said, but let us go up at once and possess the land uh, that God said is ours. Now let me give you the caveat if I may. Years and years and years later, uh, when Joshua got to be an old man, I remind you that the Bible said that in Hebron, he he drove out Anak, and he drove out Anak's three sons, uh, which were giants in the land of that day. Uh, the same intestinal fortitude, the same anointing, uh, the same power he had with God was very much alive with him in his 80s as it was when he was a young man. Uh, right here during this particular time, let us go up at once and possess the land. But the people would not uh, listen to the word of Joshua and Caleb, and they would not listen to the promise of God. What did they say, let us just go back down to Egypt. Can you imagine just for a moment? They were not saying, God, give us this land. God was saying, This land is yours, go possess it. God knew the giants was already there. God knew the obstacle was already there. God knew those things, but we can do anything in all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. Canaan land was a land of promise it was a land of blessing I believe that the milk and the honey of Canaan was better than the manna in the wilderness I believe that the pomegranates and the figs and the beautiful grapes tasted a whole lot better than the flesh pots of Egypt and the garlic and the onions of Egypt that day I might tell you my friend manna in the wilderness is good but good is always the enemy to the best let me say it again Good is always an enemy to best, and far too long we have settled for the good things that God has for us, but God wants us to possess the better things that he died for rose from the grave for and ever lives to pray that we might be able to have those things today. God wants us in our own a spiritual promised land. But unbelief and difficulties and giants from without and giants from within has caused many of us to go back. Brothers and sisters, oftentimes uh, it is fear that keeps us from enjoying uh, the things that God wants to give us. The spies went out and said, we are just like little grasshoppers. Those people are so big, we can never have this land we can never do what God said we could do we can never be what God said we could be we can never possess what God says uh, that we're able to possess let me tell you something church out before us is a land of promise out before us is a land of opportunity a land of possibility a land of things to be able to accomplish but if we're not careful we're not asking God to bless what we're doing may God help us to do what he has already blessed and even though giants may be there they don't take God by surprise Uh, Even though there might be people bigger than we are, it doesn't take God by surprise. Even though they're well-fortified cities, that does not take God by surprise. He's not sitting on a throne this morning uh, taking ibuprofen. Uh, He's got it all worked out today. And every problem that we have over our head, thank God he has them under his feet this morning. We can trust God to do uh, what God said he was going to do. Uh, Then all of a sudden the giants appear. Uh, The giants appear from out uh, and the giants of opposition from uh, within. End. and many times our faith fails, and we forget about God. We often forget of the same thing the ten spies forgot. And they said, you know what? In our own strength, we can't defeat these giants. In our own ability, we can't overcome these fortified cities. But yet what they were forgetting is putting God in the equation. Friend, you and I cannot possess the things of God and leave God out of the equation. We must put Him first in all that we do, and trust Him for all that He wants us to receive for the glory of God when we turn back in unbelief when we turn back in fear we're heading back down to Egypt Come on. we're heading back down to the worldly ways we're heading back to the bondage we came from Come on. and yet there are many people would rather live in Egypt than to fight to possess what God said is theirs in the promised land God did not bring them out of Egypt to leave them in the wilderness God brought them out that he might take them in And there are too many children of God today. He has brought us out of sin. He has saved us from our sin. But many of us have yet to enter into the fullness of all that God has promised us through Jesus Christ the Lord. There are too many in-betweeners. But let me tell you, he brought us out that he might take us in. He brought them out that he might take them in. And yet the giants were there. That should not have meant one thing to those people of Israel. Because they should have remembered it was God who came down and set us free from Egypt. It was God who miraculously put the plagues on the Egyptian. It was God who miraculously killed the firstborn of the Egyptian. It was God who parted the Red Sea. It was God who drowned our enemy in the Red Sea. It was God who fed us manna for 40 years. It was God who gave us water in the desert. What happened to that same God when they got to the border of Canaan? He didn't change his mind. He didn't go out of business. He didn't renege upon his promise. My friend, when we're at the order of the inheritance that God gave, don't look at the giants out there. Don't look at the fear on the inside. Remember the God who brought you where you are and know the God that brought you out will take you in if you'll obey what he said to do. Are you following me today? Don't be an in-betweener. Come into the fullness of God. People today are geared to have faith in failure. They see an obstacle, they wanna quit. But faith cannot fail faith cannot quit faith does not know how to quit faith will not quit even if it wanted to it cannot quit many people today believe the truth or listen to the truth but believe the lie i've been there how about you people come to receive the baptism of the holy spirit i did it for years i come up and say well i didn't get the holy spirit tonight so it must not be god's will and i go back down in the wilderness of unbelief I've seen people say, well, I know God wants me healed, but I come up and get prayed for, and I don't feel nothing, so I turn and go back into the wilderness of unbelief. I know I need to be delivered from something, and I come up and I say, well, God didn't take the desire away, so it must not be for me, and back down into the wilderness, yet we go again. Those are giants from without and giants from within. Out of the 12 spies, 10 of them said, we saw the giants. We be not able to conquer, and we're not as strong as they are. God deliver the church from such negative, pessimistic beliefs today. But Caleb stealed the people. He and Joshua walked by faith, they talked by faith, they lived by faith, they worked by faith, and thank God they possessed the promises of God by faith as well. Their optimism was rewarded. Their names are written in this book. But the pessimism of the two, we do not know who they were in this chapter because their names are not recorded. Now, church, we are all at a crossroads. We're on the border of some promise that God has for every one of us in this world, I'm sure. But yet, we can be like the two and be pessimistic, or, or be like the ten and be pessimistic, or be like the two and be optimistic. We can be like the two and put ourselves between God and the problems and not possess, or we can be like the ten and be optimistic and put God between us and the problem and be possessing on what God told us to have. Truth. Is God's Word and the Bible said God will do exceeding and abundantly above all that we're able to ask or to think of in this present world. Doubt sees the obstacles but faith sees the way. Doubt sees the darkest night but faith sees the day. Doubt dreads to take a step but faith leads the way and soars on high. And doubt asks the question who believes but faith says I. Can you imagine coming back into the camp? Carrying the cluster of grapes, two men. <sighs> like carrying five or six bags of groceries in, I bet they were heavy. And they put them down. And the ten men are complaining, Giants, too big, too many. We're too few. We're too weak. We're nothing. And all of a sudden, old Caleb smiled and said, Yeah, but did you see the size of those grapes? far too long church we have our eyes on the giants when we need our eyes on the grapes we fix our eyes on what we can't have when we ought to be fixed our eyes on what God said I've already given you are you following me this morning Caleb said but did you see the size of the grapes Many of God's people today are looking at all the giants, but church, let's get our eyes off the giants and get our eyes up on the grapes, upon the promises that God has given to us. I remind you, first of all, God wants you to be saved, to be born again. That's the best grape on the vine today. But too many times we're looking at somebody that's keeping us away from serving God. And you know what? One of those things the devil uses is hypocrites. I'd serve God with all the hypocrites in the church. You're a hypocrite for saying that. What do you mean, preacher? You go to work with hypocrites. You go shopping with hypocrites. You go to the ball game with hypocrites. And if a hypocrite stands between you and God, guess what? The hypocrite's closer to God than you are. Think about it. Don't get your eyes on people. Because you see, I don't have to give an account to God for what my brother Roger does. I've got to give an account to God for what I do. So keep your eyes looking unto Jesus as the author and the finisher of your faith. Don't look to people, friend. They'll let you down, Look unto God all the time. Keep your eyes upon him and let him be your stay. I know people right now that will not serve God because they keep their eyes on their job. And if I accept Jesus, I, I, I can't drink on the job. I can't social drink on the job, and, and I can't go to the parties, blah, blah, blah. What does it matter? Come on. The greatest grape on the vine is salvation. God wants you to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. The giant within says, I'm not good enough. Friend, let me tell you something, you'll never get good enough. It's not about our goodness. Our works are like filthy rags in the sight of God. He is my righteousness. He is my holiness. He is my sanctifier. It is all about Jesus. And when you give your heart to Jesus Christ, you are as saved and as good as you'll ever want to be. You'll never be any cleaner than the day the blood of Jesus Christ was applied to your life. You're as good as the best, and you're better than all the rest. And let the devil know, I'm not looking at what I do. or don't. I'm looking to him to fill me with the Holy Spirit. And God wants you to heal. That's another grape on the vine. And what's happened many times in life, we all do this. We all do this. We allow our experiences to dictate our theology when we aren't allowed the theology to dictate our experiences. Friend, everybody has been healed is going to die unless the rapture takes place first. Something's going to take us out of this world. But yet, I still believe there's healing in the hem of his garment. I still believe the Isaiah's report. I believe what Matthew said, and I believe what Peter said, by those stripes we are healed. And I want to keep on proclaiming, I want to keep on preaching, I want to keep on the blood of Jesus Christ, and we're going to continue to see healing manifested for the glory of God. Let me tell you, don't give up just because you don't feel something. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, and work out also, if you will, your healing equally as well. I'll tell you something else. God wants you to have direction. He don't want us here wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years of, of half-trust and unbelief. What shall I do? Where shall I go? My Bible said, my sheep know my voice, and God will speak to us, and He speaks to us primarily through the Word of the living God. That's why it's so important to saturate your mind, saturate your heart with the Word of the living God. You read it to be wise. You believe it to be safe. You practice it in order to be holy. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing the Word of the Almighty God. And the more of God's words within us, the more He can speak to us, and He leads us, and He guides us in the way that He would have us to go every venue of our life. My sheep know my voice and none other will they follow. That's why we need the Holy Word of God within our heart. Beloved, God wants us to have all that he said we could have. Faith says you can have it in spite of the giants that are before us. Two things to remember. Number one, God will not put the grapes in our mouth. But he will put them in our reach. Amen. God will not put the grapes in our mouth, but he will put them in our reach. We must use our God given faith. People say, Well, I prayed for a job. Well, the angel didn't show up the time clock so, or our time card, so I guess you don't think he got a job. We often ask God to bless what we do when we need to be doing what God has blessed. Amen. Deliverance. Jesus didn't take the bottle out of my mouth. We have to take what's ours. We must show an earnest toward God in getting rid of the sins, the strongholds, the flesh, the world, the devil. We've got to work and communicate with God. We just can't expect Him to come down here and do those things for us. He has filled us with His Word and His Spirit that we, we, we can overcome the temptation. That we, we, we can bring down the strongholds, But we want him to do everything. He's done everything he's going to do to the devil, church. So I said, won't, de- won't the Lord do something to the devil? He's done everything he's going to do to the devil. But he's given you and me power to tread upon sorpens, power over the, sea, over the enemy of our soul, and nothing shall by any means harm us. We can rebuke the devil. We can plead the blood of Christ over him. We put on the whole armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith. The breastplate of righteousness. Our feet shall the preparation of the gospel of peace. The belts and all. And if you'll just put the face mask down and you stand before the giants in your life, for all the devil knows it's God on the inside because you've got on God's clothes. And if you'll stand and having to understand, take the authority that is yours. We don't run from the giant. We serve the God that David served that stand before the giant and said, You come against me with a sword, but I come against you in the name of the Lord God of hosts. You're coming down, boy. We may go through the fiery furnaces of life, but the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be there to help us. We may go through the pit of lions in our world, but the God of Daniel is there to help us. What I'm saying, church, is this. Get your eyes off of the giants. They will be there, but God already knows they're there. And he has given us the authority, the power, the wisdom, the anointing, everything it takes to possess the land, to have what he died for that we might have it in our being. Get the grapes. Get the grapes yourself. Stop looking at the giants. And quit thinking God is going to feed you the grapes. You ever seen these old movies of these potentates lying around and making these big old things? They're, 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 they're fanning them, and these women come by, and they're taking the grapes and feeding them. You, you've seen those on TV, the old movies? Well, that's not who we are. We don't sit there, and God comes by, oh, I love you. Oh, I love you. Look at the grapes. Not know how you are, and I shared this years ago. Back in the mountains where I come from, I love the wild blueberries and wild huckleberries and, and the wild grapes, and I love the wild strawberries. But you know what, I couldn't pick them. You know why? I was too busy looking for snakes. <laughs> I was too busy looking for snakes to pick any of the berries. And you know what, I missed a mini of a good old cobbler because I kept my eyes on the giant, or the snakes. Looking unto Jesus, the author, and the finish of our faith. Secondly, our holiness will not get the grapes, but our hunger will. Be ye holy, for I am holy, saith the Lord. When you pray, and to be saved, the devil shows up and tells you why you can't be. When you pray to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, the devil and the giant shows up and tells you why you're not good enough. When I go to preach... Many, many times I fight giants up here that you'll never know. Many giants come against me. And I could cave in them more times than one. But I said, God, you've called. You'll equip. And God, let me get out of the way so that you can have your way. Just obey the Lord. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God devil says, you're not good enough to be saved. Jesus said, I loved you and died for you anyway. devil says, you're not good enough to be filled with the Spirit. He said, I've got the last word on that. devil says, you can't hear my voice. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Yes. Blessed are the holy, for they shall be filled. No. Yes. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst, for they shall be filled. A friend, this does not give us a license to sin. Please understand that. It simply lets us know that in my strength, and your strength, we get nothing from Jesus. It's all through him we receive the promises of God. I've got to close this morning. So much I'd like to say. What grape on the vine do you need this morning? What, what, you're on the borderline of something. What is it you need from God today? What, what, what grape on the vine... The grapes are plentiful. The promises are many. But if you keep looking at the giant, you'll never read the promise. If you keep feeling the fear, you'll never get the promise. But what promise do you need from God this morning? After all, it's not you telling God what you want. It's him telling us what we need. And it's him telling us what he died that we might have and that we might possess. There's some sweet grapes, but it's a bitter world we're living in. But the violent take it by force. Would you bow your heads with me this morning?